It's Monday, April 24th, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes. Hoynesy, the Guardians salvaged a uh, game in the series against the Marlins on Sunday. Uh, their bats come alive. The offense finally shows up. Uh, they score seven runs. Uh, but really, the, the the story of the day was the Major League debut of left-hander Logan Allen, uh, the organization's number six overall prospect, comes out, strikes out the first two batters he, he sees in the first inning, uh, then gives up a double to, to Jorge Soler, uh, but gets out of the inning and goes on uh, to throw uh, six innings, one run allowed, uh, strikes out eight, uh, just looks outstanding out there, uh, totally in control, and uh, pretty much unflappable for a rookie, uh, and that's what they exactly what the Guardians needed out of him. Yeah, there was no doubt about it, Joe. I mean, he looked, uh, he really looked poised. You know, uh, the, he looked, you know, like you said, the big, the big league, uh, experience did not get too big from him. The game never got away from him. He worked fast. He threw strikes and, uh, he, he just sailed along. It looked like he could have kept pitching, Joe. Yeah. Skip Shoemaker, the, uh, the Marlins manager said after the game, uh, you know, they were trying, uh, different tips and tricks to try and, and break his rhythm, break his momentum. But uh, Allen was a uh, part of it might have been the pitch clock, but uh, part of it was he's Allen said after the game, uh, I just got the ball and I threw it. Uh, uh, Zanino and Carl Willis put together a good game plan, a good uh, attack uh, plan for the lineup. And and he really just went out there and tried to work fast and stay on rhythm and, and, and push the pace. And uh, before you knew it, he was into the the fifth or sixth inning, and uh, I, I, I think it was the uh, the sixth. He struck out the side, uh, including a walk. But but really, uh, you know, he was effective because he could locate his fastball. His command was excellent, and and the strikeouts shouldn't be any any surprise. I mean, this is a guy that in his minor league career since 2021 has averaged better than 11 strikeouts per nine innings. So. Uh, you, you know, it's it's something that he's he can't he's capable of. Uh, it was just uh, it was just nice to see uh, a Guardian starter this season go out there and and really be in attack mode from from the get go. Yeah, Joe, I was wondering, you know, he has pitched, uh, you know, he pitched last year under the pitch clock. Uh, you know, this year at Triple at A, did he pitched under the pitch clock? So it wasn't that big a deal to him. You could tell, like he he was used to pitching at that pace. It looked like, and you know, it wasn't a concern. It wasn't like uh, you know, like uh, a big league guy like Bieber or Plesac or you know uh, Tristan McKenzie or any anybody like that having to make that adjustment. He was he was used to it, and I think that helped him. Right, and he was also throwing first pitch strikes, and even more than that, he was throwing. Uh, first two pitch strikes. Uh, I, I believe he had first pitch strikes to 15 of the 23 batters he faced. And, uh, of that, he went to 0 2 on six of those batters. So, you know, if you're a, a Marlins hitter, you're looking up and it's already 0 2. Uh, it, it, it's, it's tough to, to put a net bat together against this kid. Uh, he just, he, he was really impressive. Uh, it's, it's nice that, you know, maybe this earns him a, another start. I, I, I would, I would assume it, it, Keeps him in the rotation here uh, for the time being. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about what the pitching plans are here coming up uh, in, in a bit. But uh, this was, you know, we heard Tito talk about it on, on Friday at the beginning of the series. And, uh, you know, that he thinks that Logan Allen can be the the guy to sort of hold the door open for the next wave of, 
of young pitching talent that this uh, this organization is ready to sort of push to the major leagues. Uh, we talked to James Harris prior to Sunday's game, and he mentioned that any one of the three, uh, Gavin Williams, uh, who's at AA right now, uh, Tanner Bybee, who's, who's also a, a highly rated prospect, or Allen could have made that start, but they decided to go with Allen because, you know, he had come up at the end of last season and been at AAA and, and stumbled a little bit, gone through a little bit of adversity and wasn't as effective as sort of his rocket ship ride through the, uh, the farm system had been up until that point. Uh, but he came back in the off season. He, he worked on his velo. He, he, he said he wanted to, to add some tools that could get hitters out. Uh, and Velo being being one of them, uh, increased that and uh, had been off to a really hot three uh, zero start uh, or three hot start through three games uh, at the beginning of this year at AAA. So uh, the Guardians decided the guy that uh, had faced adversity at AAA and overcome it, that's the quality that they were looking for uh, in picking uh, the starter for this particular opportunity. And and give give Allen all the credit in the world. He responded to it. Yeah, Joe, and uh, you know his his velo did surprise me a little bit. He was throwing like touching 93 miles an hour. You know, in spring training, he, he really didn't look that good. He kind of, you know, just he had only two or three appearances with the big league club before you know getting option. But uh, you know, he he really kind of just he looked like he belonged yesterday. He just came out there and right away, like you said, started throwing strikes. Um, you know, retired aside, you know, re, you know, just started getting outs, quick outs. And uh, you hit, uh, if you're a defender, you had to love playing behind him. Yeah, if you're a sports writer, you love uh, watching him get quick outs and, <laughs> and the game flying by in two hours and 24 minutes. That was great. Uh, the other thing that maybe sort of aided him or helped him uh, was the the way that the Guardians worked, you know, calling him up and bringing him there and, and getting him ready. He came up on Friday and was around the team, around the club. He got to sit there through two games on uh, Saturday and watch and get a feel for the Marlins lineup. Uh, you know, and, and you know it wasn't sort of that 24-hour whirlwind that you sometimes see with uh, a call-up for a, a guy from AAA. Uh, you know, he he knew everything that was going to be happening. Nothing was a surprise and. Uh, by the time he was ready to go on Sunday, it was just go out on the mound and take the ball and go. So, uh, you know, credit the Guardians, credit Chris Antonetti, Mike Chernoff and, and Tito and, and and crew that, you know, they they sort of put him in the best possible situation to to be the most effective. And it worked out. Yeah. And he, and he wasn't, you know, he wasn't just a, uh, you know, a kind of the lone rookie walking into that locker room. I mean, he's played with most of the guys on his team, you know, Quan and, and uh, Arias and, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, I mean, uh, you know, so he, and with, uh, you know, the the guys even in the Cur- bullpen, even Curry and Battenfield, those are guys that have. Yeah. Too, yeah. So he knew all those guys. So it wasn't like he was, you know, coming in on t- into a veteran club. I mean, he had he had come up through the system with all those guys that had that had to make you feel, uh, you know, comfortable. Yeah, well, the the veterans did uh, did step forward as well. Uh, Ahmed Rosario with uh, it, stop me if you heard this before, Hoinsey. Ahmed Rosario with a four hit game. Uh, he's he's only done that uh, seventeen times in his career, twelve times uh, with the Guardians, and uh, this time I believe he scored three or four runs as well. Uh, he was a, a home run short of the cycle, and in his last at bat. 
Uh, we thought he had a foul ball. We thought he might have had it. Um, that would have been the first uh, cycle for the Guardians since Jake Bowers in uh, 2019. But uh, Ahmed Rosario getting on base, uh, Tito called him, you know, a, a game changer. Uh, you know, it, it's, it, it's a difference maker is what Tito said after the game. When Rosario is getting on base, putting pressure on the defense, running the bases, uh, you know, he, he smacks a triple off the wall uh, and, and scores uh, in, in, in one of his uh, early at-bats. So uh, just when Ahmed Rosario is, is making hard contact and, and you, know, you know, running the bases, this is a, a different-looking ball club. Yeah, for sure, Joe. In that third inning, you know, with uh, what, uh, with two outs, he hits a triple off the wall. And then, uh, you know, I don't think there was any accident that Ramirez hits a two-run homer. And then uh, Josh Bell, you know, follows that with a with another home run, the first time uh, Cleveland has hit consecutive home runs this season. So, you know, that's that's what uh, you know Ramirez and uh, and Bell. When they drew it up, you know, when they drew this lineup up in uh, February, or February, that's what they were supposed to do. That's what they envisioned. And I think, uh, you know, Rosario started that. You know, he, he kind of hit the plunger on that. Yeah, maybe maybe Rosario, uh, uh, you know, learned something from the elephants that he was hanging out with at the zoo uh, <laughs> uh, the other day. Uh, he was he was there feeding the elephants and uh, the, the Guardians, uh, you know, sent along some video of that. That was that was kind of neat. Uh, Rosario has a. A special relationship with the animals. He's like Doctor Doolittle out there, I guess. Uh, but but you're right. Uh, you know he sets it up for Ramirez and for Bell, and and that's how the that lineup is supposed to look when everything's clicking. Uh, but uh, uh, heating up Josh Bell is is something that's very important for this this lineup. Yeah, uh, Joe. He started. Uh, you know, Josh started swinging the bat well on the last road trip when they were in Washington, and he's continued uh, to do that. Uh, you know, what he had three hits, uh, three hits on Sunday: homer, double, single. Um, you know, and he's just, uh, you know, he's, and he's spraying the ball all over now, Joe. You know, I mean, you know, we saw the home run to left field. He hits the double down the line, the third base. He hits a single to right field. You know, we're starting to see that guy, that that switch hitter that, uh, you know, is just not a home run hitter, but, you know, uses the whole field. We did see two singles, two base hits out of Josh Naylor, uh, who had been dropped in the lineup, uh, you know, this weekend. Uh, and, and something Tito said sort of stuck out, uh, you know, you picked up on, on, on Saturday. Uh, he, he still considers Josh Naylor an everyday player, and uh, he doesn't want to give up on a guy too soon. Yeah, both those hits, uh, you know, in the, in the second and, and third innings were off a lefty. And, you know, he had been, what, one, one for 16 maybe against the left-hander, uh, you know, or maybe 0 for 15 against a lefty going into that game. So that's a good sign. And, uh, you know, I think, uh, you know, it, it looks like, you know, Naylor was so intense. He's just an intense guy. And he looks like he was putting a lot of pressure on himself. So maybe this will just let him kind of relax, you know, and sit back and, and not try to hit everything 500 feet. Well, we were in the clubhouse uh, Sunday morning prior to the game. And, uh, you know, for as intense as Naylor is, uh, he was it, there was a really relaxed feel around the team Sunday morning. Uh, Jose Ramirez was challenging guys to to Mario Kart on the the video game system there. Uh, they were shooting hoops on the mini hoop and and getting into it. Uh, Josh Naylor was a, a part of a, a group of players playing cards and and being loud and and you could kind of tell 
that they were in a good place in terms of, you know, just the team chemistry and, and feel right then. Uh, the other thing is uh, a couple of them were wearing uh, T-shirts that Miles Straw had uh, had had made. Uh, there were a, it was a white T-shirt with the outline of uh, Will Brennan's face on them. Uh, it said Chill Will on it. Uh, and and Naylor was uh, among those, uh, you know, handing out, you know, a guy would walk into the clubhouse and Naylor was, you know, saying, you know, hey, Sandlin, you want uh, you want a Chill Will T-shirt? And so he'd go over to the box and dig one out for him and hand it to him. So, <laughs> you know, uh, just that kind of thing. Uh, those are those are like those like le- the leadership qualities that you see, you know, sort of behind the scenes, not the not the guy who wears the, the C on his his uh, his chest. But, you know, the just the behind the scenes thing, he's. Uh, he hasn't lost that. So the hitting was going to catch up eventually, you know, he's too talented for it not to, uh, we just, those, those little snapshots from, uh, from pregame, I, I think, uh, sort of made it not surprising that the offense sort of woke up and, and Josh Naylor was a part of it. Yeah, Joe, and it needed to wake up because what they had just been, they just lost a doubleheader the night before, uh, to uh, Miami. And, uh, so that, it was it was just good to see a response from the offense, especially because these guys have not been scoring a lot of runs. And, you know, you tend to worry about that. Yeah. And it, my, my sort of takeaway from that pregame uh, yesterday was they're not panicking. It's only April. You know, let's let, let's see how these, the, this shakes out. Uh, they've, they've sort of been here before. It was about this time last year where they went on that uh, disastrous road trip to uh, New York and uh, to Los Angeles and, and, you know, lost four games to the angels. And it was just, uh, it was ugly, but then they, they started to turn things around once they got to Oakland. So, uh, we'll, we'll see how that goes. Now, the other thing was Cal Quantrill, uh, comes into the clubhouse. There was no music playing. He plugs his phone in and, and starts playing a, a playlist of early two thousands, uh, like, uh, pop rock, uh, mix from it was something that only a Canadian could could play. <laughs> it was like uh, it was like some 41 and all these band. Uh, I believe uh, My Chemical Romance and uh, it, it, he played Welcome to the Black Parade and everybody was so, sort of like turned and looked around and it was like uh, not the not the usual fare for the uh, for that particular clubhouse. And he was rocking out, but uh, it, he made a comment, something like, you know, half the guys in this clubhouse weren't born when these songs were, were playing. And he's he's actually kind of kind of accurate. We were we were enjoying the music, but it wasn't what they, they normally played. So we'll see if uh, if Quantrill's playlist, uh, you know, continues to be played before before big games like that. Uh, but, uh, you know, the one guy it, it sort of didn't affect was James Karinchak, who came in. Uh, to the game late, uh, had a had a five run lead, I believe, at the time, uh, and and gave up another home run, a uh, three run home run to Evasio Garcia. Uh, the um the made things a little bit closer and a little bit tighter. Uh, but like Tito said, uh, it, you know they they put themselves in a position by spreading the uh, the game out a little bit so that when uh, when Karinchak did make a mistake, it didn't cost them the game. Yeah, Joe, you know, and the, the thing with Karinchek is, you know, he, he gets two outs in the eighth inning, then he gives up a single, then he gives up a walk, and then Garcia hits a three-run homer. You know, we've, you know, and the home run has really kind of uh, been kind of a, you know, just, you know, has been his Achilles heel. Uh, in the last four games, he's given up three home runs in, uh, you know, three and two-third innings, 
And, uh, you know, when he pitches, you know, I mean, outside of yes, you know, Sunday when they had a decent lead, you're, he's usually pitching, you know, with a one or two run lead and that home run can really bite you. And so that's a concern. And I guess, I don't know if, you know, I've, I've got, I'd have to go back and check if he's, if he's, if he's giving up the home runs on fastballs or curveballs, but, uh, he's going to have to make an adjustment here. Yesterday's was definitely a fastball, uh, and it definitely went uh, really far as, I, I believe, a 420-foot shot. So, uh, yeah, I, I think uh, I think the last two home runs he's given up have been on fastballs, if I'm, if I'm correct in my, uh, my memory here. But uh, he hadn't given up a home run since opening night, which, you know, was, you know, prior to the, the one he gave up in, in, um, in Detroit, he was, he, was, he was doing all right in terms of keeping the ball in the park. Uh, just not pitching as effectively, like you said, in those tight and close games where where he could sort of skate by. And you, you knew when he gave up that walk and put that second runner on base, you, you kind of could see what was coming. You you, you were it's, it's like the, the the train's coming and, and he can't stop it right now. Uh, but he did get out of the inning and and you know got the hold and and was able to move on. So uh, yeah, the if this bullpen is going to be effective and. You know, Sam Hentges is getting close. He's he's getting close to being ready and, and making this uh, a bullpen that's uh, a little more lengthened out and, and can can, you know, switch some roles around a little bit. Uh, maybe when when that happens, you know, uh, things look a little different. Uh, uh, speaking of injuries, uh, you know, obviously Sam Hentges, he's uh, on schedule to, to make uh, to continue making rehab starts and maybe he's getting closer to being activated. Uh, but uh, we got some injury news of a different kind. Uh, top prospect Daniel Espino, who hasn't pitched in an actual game for more than a year uh, since uh, getting off to a, a real hot start for Akron last season be, before being shut down. Uh, uh, Daniel Espino is going to be shut down again from throwing as he was ramping up his progress in Arizona. Hadn't been on the mound yet, but uh, he had experienced some recurrence of symptoms, a soreness in his right shoulder uh, where he had had, uh, I, I believe, a, a shoulder sprain and that that uh, that capsule area like soreness there. Uh, so they're going to send him and in, in about a week, they're going to send him to uh, uh, get examined by a, by an expert. And, and it could mean if there's surgery in his future, could mean uh, losing the season completely. Yeah, Joe. I mean, he is, I think he's going to go see the Dodgers team doctor and, uh, you know, and uh, just to get that checked out, uh, you know, obviously it's a matter of concern. It's happened twice now uh, and he's been shut down twice. Um, you know, the good thing is, Joe, with Espino, you know, I think, you know, sometimes, you know, you lose track that he's only 22. So he's, he, you know, it, and we've seen this be again with, uh, you know, Tristan McKenzie, you know, he lost a year and a half in the minors to injuries, you know, and, but because they had drafted him out of high school, you know, he's still got a ceiling there, you know, he's still got time to, to reach the big league. So if anything is in, you know, the, the guardian's favor regarding this, you know, is his Spino, they drafted him out of high school, you know, and he's still got time. It's not the end of the world if he has to be shut down for a season, two seasons, a season and a half, or, you know, going on two seasons, there's some concern, but he still has age on his side. Right. And and you wrote like the guardians position on this is they're not going to give up on him or, you know, maybe even consider trading him away uh, it, it, when they had been approached or, or, or try and 
were testing the waters on on Juan Soto at a time last year. Uh, that was, uh, you know, not a consideration. They they still wanted to see what they had with Espino because, like you said, the ceiling is so high. Yeah, and and, and, and I don't think uh, you know the the Nationals were going to trade for a pitcher that's you know that's hurt, especially in a in a you know the, for Juan Soto. But still, yeah, you know I think they still value this guy. He's still you know when he's when he's healthy. You know he's dynamite. He's he's you know he's really an impressive guy. Uh, so you you kind of just bide your time. And you know as the old saying from Mark Shapiro, you can't have just one prospect. You have to have waves of prospects. And uh, the Guardians do have do have that. They have a wave of pitching coming, like you were saying, Joe. Well, but but think about it. You know this wave is sort of it it matches up kind of with that 2016 draft class wave a little bit. If you're talking about uh, Bybee and Allen and, and Williams and, and, you know, if they stay healthy and, and come through and, and reach the majors uh, and then Espino gets over his health problems and comes through, you talk about Bieber, uh, Savali, Plesak and those guys coming through and then uh, Tristan McKenzie getting over his health issues and coming and, and being effective. That it, It's just sort of a, a, a neat little mirror and, uh, you know, to watch the, the two different waves and how they reacted. Uh, hopefully Espino can be as effective as McKenzie has been uh, once he's he's established himself. Yeah, and if he can't start, you know, there's you know there's really there's always been talk about him being a reliever, you know, so he could, you know, there's still you know you know a upside to this guy whether he's in a rotation or, or the bullpen. Yeah, that's uh, that's another thing to think about for sure. Uh, all right, uh, before we get going, I uh, wanted to mention uh, just the surprise in the standings as we're sitting here looking here at. Uh, you know, it's April 24th, and we're looking at the National League Central standings, and Pittsburgh is sitting atop the standings at 16-7. and seven. Uh, They've extended Derek Shelton, their uh, their manager, uh, with, with a contract. Uh, some, some, uh, some more Cleveland familiar faces besides Shelton over there, uh, Austin Hedges and Carlos Santana. Uh, I guess uh, one of the, the clubbies uh, at, in, at uh, Progressive Field was, was saying – you know, he's still uh, in touch with Santana, still talks to him and and says he's having a great time over there. He's, he's relaxed, having fun and, and being effective. Uh, and then you look over in the, the NL West and at 12 and 11, the uh, the Diamondbacks are tied with the Dodgers for first place. So pretty much as everybody predicted, the Pirates and uh, Diamondbacks are in first place uh, through uh, a little more than a, uh, almost a month of the season. Yeah. You know, in two, well, what, two former uh uh, Cleveland coaches, Toy Lavulo in Arizona and uh, Derek Shelton in Pittsburgh are the managers there. I saw in uh, in uh, Sunday's game uh, for, with the Pirates, Carlos Santana stole second base, Joe, and came <laughs> home on, and scored a big run. So a- anything is possible, I guess. The, the new rules are turning uh, turning things upside down on their heads if, uh, if Santana is, is running free on the bases now. Uh, but great to see. Uh, it should be a lot of fun. When the Guardians go to Pittsburgh, and uh, you know it's always a fun trip, and and that that stadium should be uh, full of of Cleveland fans as well uh, when that series comes up, I believe in July. Uh, all right, Hoinsey, uh the Rockies are in town. Uh, that's uh, Cal Quantrill on the mound uh, to start the series tonight. Uh, the um, the the Rockies don't really have uh, a, a lot of great pitching. It's starting to get a little hotter. Uh, but uh, from from all the the research I've been doing and previewing the series, 
their offense is, is is really struggling. This is an opportunity for guys like Cal Quantrill and uh, Peyton Battenfield to come out and, and be really effective uh, and, and maybe put the, the Guardians in a good position here. Yeah, Buddy Black's uh, Rockies are, are struggling. They've lost, what, uh, 10 of their last 11 games. But, Joe, we said the same thing about uh, – the Nationals in Detroit, uh, when uh, the Guardians went on, went on that last trip, and it did not fare so well. So, you know, they, uh, they've got to play each game one at a time here, and I don't think uh, they should be uh, looking past anybody. Well, we're looking past uh, Monday and Tuesday to Wednesday, uh, and uh, the, old, uh, the old favorite uh, Tom TBD is uh, on the schedule for uh, pitching for the Guardians. Uh, they need a starter for Wednesday. Uh, speculation right now is that it could be Xavion Curry, uh, depending on how they get through the first two games of the series, if he's, uh, available and, uh, you know, if, if, if they decide to go with him, maybe a couple innings in a, in a bullpen game, they have an off day on Thursday, uh, but it'll be, you know, maybe Friday before we see Shane Bieber. Yeah, for, for sure. You know, they're going to have to manipulate the rotation a little bit. Um, and, uh, you know, Curry, I thought, I think Curry has done a nice job for him. So if he's the guy, you know, I think they should have confidence in him that what he could give him four or five innings. I, you know, I would think, you know, he, he's stretched out enough to do that. Yeah. They're going to have to score runs for him though, because he, he will give up a, a run or two, Yeah, but he'll, he'll, he'll keep you in a game, which has been nice to see out of him this season. Uh, him, him being effective. All right, Hoynes, that's going to wrap it up for today's edition of the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. We'll check in with you uh, after the series opener uh, tomorrow. All right, Joe. 